Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Hey everyone, welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your candidate or career search. Brought to you by VIP. My name is Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. Um, I don't know if you can tell today, but I can barely sit still with excitement. I have such an amazing guest coming on today, and I'd like to introduce Tom Ziegler of the Ziegler Corporation, or Ziegler Inc. He's the CEO there now. Um, Tom is a motivational speaker, executive coach, author of Choose to Win, and contribu- contributor to, I'm so excited, guys, I can't even talk. He's a contributor to his father's Zig Ziglar's 30th book, Born to Win. Amazing book, guys. Tom shares the same philosophy as his father that his father held. You can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Today, he joins us to st- speak more about that philosophy, talk about his book, and share some career advice for our listeners. So, Tom, wow, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Well, Casey, it's great to be here. I'm excited to uh, participate and, you know, just share share a little bit of wisdom that I was blessed to learn as I grew up and blessed to learn as I traveled the world. So it's yeah. good to be here. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I was so excited when um, Gina Tramarco introduced us and I was like, he's not going to answer that. And you did almost immediately. And I was like, I can't believe this. I had to call my mom. My mom was so excited. (laughs) So I want to dive right into some of the questions that we have for you today, if you're okay with that. You bet. All right. Awesome. Your book, Choose to Win, reveals a plan for taking action now instead of waiting for a crisis to make a change. And I'm so big into this stuff. By doing so, you can achieve the life you've dreamed about and deserve. Tell us a time you've proactively made a plan for change that benefited you in the future during a situation that had the potential to become a crisis. Oh, wow. Uh, I know boy, a lot. <laughs> I know. And there's too many crises to talk about because I'm human, right? And we all go through the human. So I'll just, I'll just tell you one. Um, and it has to do with writing the book. Uh, I knew that I needed to write a book and I, you know, I've been working on it for a long time. And I knew that if I didn't get it out, it was going to do nothing but uh, hinder me. Right. Because um, in, in what we do and in the field that we have and all the things I learned, I knew that if I was going to grow and go to the next level, kind of create my own dream job, so to speak, to do this. And so I did a couple of things. The first thing I did is I got an accountability partner, one of my friends and mentors, and he's also in the publishing world and he's my agent. I said, Hey, can we, can you help me write a book proposal? So the first step was instead of saying, I'm going to write the whole book and show people, I'm going to write a book proposal. Well, this guy is an expert at it. And so he gave me the outline and he said, Hey, just fill in these blanks. And we actually scheduled a couple of days. We went to Albuquerque. I ran in a little, um, you know, Airbnb, beautiful scenery. 
because there's a principle that says, Mark Batterson says, change of place, change of pace equals change of perspective. And so when we're in a crisis or we might be about to go into a crisis, if we can change our place and our pace, our perspective changes, our creativity changes. So we went to this place, we wrote this proposal, and then we sent it off and we got four positive responses out of 10, which is, which is really good. Really good. So we ended up, right? And so we then ended up saying yes to one of them and that came with the deadline. <laughs> and so not only, you know, did we change the place and the perspective to get this new proposal out, um, we got an expert involved, which was Bruce, and then we got a deadline and a lot of times we need that. We need that responsibility. So I had the accountability partner, I had a new proposal and I had a deadline that got it out. And then instead of delaying all the, all the benefits to come, we went ahead and did it right now. And so was it, was it a crisis in the, in the, in the critical sense of, man, everything's going crazy. It wasn't, but it was something that I had the choice to take control over. And that's what I want everybody to hear is whatever your situation in life is, if you feel like you're stuck or stagnant or there's more for you, then you need to put action in place. And so so that's what I did. I changed the place and perspective. I got an accountability partner and then we sent the workout, which made me come to a decision. So I had a deadline and now we got a book. That is awesome. That is awesome. I'm, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Sure. I'm writing a book as well. Awesome. So, so when's it coming out? Well, so I need an accountability partner, I think. <laughs> um, I'm shooting for Q1. So because I'm, you know, obviously I have a full time job. I'm doing the podcast. And I'm doing all this kind of stuff. But as soon as you started talking about that, I was like, how did you get over that hump? Because I and I'm, I think I'm a pretty disciplined person, but I'm having a hard time making myself sit down and write. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that worked for me is I'm one of these people who lives inside my head. So I'm always perfecting things inside my head, which is a great procrastination technique, right? Because if I can always make it better, then why waste my time with putting something out that's not quite there yet? And so what the expert, what Bruce did was, okay, let's talk about who the audience is going to be. We define the audience. Then he said, okay, what's the book going to be about? So we defined that and wrote a few paragraphs on that. And then he said, okay, what are the four or five or three main things you're going to cover? And so I wrote that. And then he said, okay, for each one of those things, what are three to five things that you're going to, you know, use to, to validate that? And out of that ended up being like, you know, 18 chapters. And so now when I sat down to write, it wasn't, oh, I've got to write a book. It was hey, I need to write a chapter on mental, on the right input, on mindset, right? Which is a much more narrow focus. And if I, I found that if I just spent 30 minutes or an hour a day writing on that one thing, in a few days, I'd have a chapter done. Okay, well, I'm going to take your so, advice. So that's a great way to break it down. Okay, okay. That's awesome. I didn't mean to talk about my book, but I was just, you were just saying so many things. That I was just like, I got to tell him. He needs to know. So um, let's talk about, because I think this is the basis for everything in the Ziegler world. Um, let's talk about the will of life 
And I think sure. that you bring that into your book as well, correct? Absolutely. So, the, so in, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah. So when you hear the wheel of life, we've been teaching this for over 40 years. And so imagine um, there's a wheel and it has seven spokes on the wheel. The seven spokes, in fact, uh, I might just have one here that I can show oh, since awesome. we're on video. And for those of you who are just listening audio driving down the road, I'm going to explain it as well. But here's what the wheel looks like. There, there are seven spokes on the wheel. Can you move it to your yeah, left just a little? There you go. Perfect. Is that better? Okay, yes. there we go. Now you can't see me. So there's seven <laughs> spokes on the wheel. The mental, the spiritual, the physical, the family, the financial, the personal, and the career. And so what we say is that if you have a rating on each spoke of, say, one to ten, and you evaluate yourself, like, how well am I doing in my physical life? You know, is my appearance good? Did I get a checkup this year? Uh, am I in good you know, physical condition? Do I get enough sleep? So you rate yourself, and out of ten, you might say, well, I'm a seven. And then you do the same thing for career and for family and, and spiritual and mental. And then you connect the dots. So imagine one spokes a seven, one spokes a four, one spokes a five, one spokes an eight. And you do that. And then you get a wheel that looks pretty lopsided and you imagine it going down the road. So what we say is this, how smooth is your ride? Oh, I like that. And so what we teach at Ziegler is that success really means balanced success. I want to be winning in my mental life, you know, my mindset, my, my attitude, the way, you know, just kind of my gusto, the way I, the way I enjoy people and things. And then on my spiritual side, my faith, my character, my integrity, you know, my love and kindness and generosity, all those things that make up spiritual and then on physical, you know, do I sleep enough? Do I get the right kind of nutrition? Am I a good ex do I exercise or move? We want to be on a scale of 10. We want to be 10 to 11 in all these. But the reality is, is that life isn't that way. You know, it's like our, our work life is struggling. And so, you know, we're putting all of our energy into that just to get it up there to, to six or seven. And then all of a sudden our family life suffers because we're working 60 or 70 hours a week. And the wheel helps you understand that you can do that for a little while, but you're going to have huge consequences if you do it for a long time. And so just, what we teach, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just completed my will last night. I'm, so I what's it look like? I have a pretty bumpy ride. <laughs> There's some things I'm really, really good at, but there's others where I could definitely, but it, but it helped me realize what I needed to work on, you know? Right. So if you rate yourself low in an area, that's good news because now you know where to focus. And so the, the principle of the book, the, the underlying quote is the fastest way to success is to replace a bad habit with a good habit. And so I'll just use this, the physical spoke because it's a really simple one. Let's just say you need to lose some weight. You're in bad physical condition. Uh, your nutrition's not that good. So you're kind of suffering, right? You don't have a lot of energy. Your mental clarity is down. You just kind of feel, uh. 
So the way that you get your life right is you say, okay, what's a bad habit I have? So the bad habit might be, you know what? I don't do any exercise at all. Yeah. So let's change that. Let's start with five minutes a day. And so maybe you set your, your phone alarm off and, you know, at 10 o'clock you get up for five minutes and you do a couple of flights of stairs and you get a bottle of water and you do that for a week. And then the next week, you do it twice a day. So now you're up to 10 minutes. And then the next week you do it three times a week and you just start building up. So what you're doing is you're replacing a bad habit, not doing any exercise with a good habit. And your food's the same way. Maybe, maybe you're, you're eating whatever's there, right? Fast food and, you know, what I call high calorie, low nutrition type food. And so you just replace the bad habit of a bad choice with a good choice. So, you replace the French fries with, uh, I like Brussels sprouts. So I'm putting Brussels sprouts in there, right? You just start doing that. Yeah. And I'll be quite honest with you that, um, that was the spoke that was the worst for me was the physical. So, so was, was there one area of the physical that's kind of getting you? Um, it's the exercise. I would rather exercise. read. So what kind of exercise do you enjoy doing? Um, I enjoy cycling. I am an avid cyclist or I was, and over the last couple of months, I've really, um, pulled away from that because I, you know, I launched my personal brand. So I'm needing to blog and I'm trying to write a book and trying to just, I could go on and on with my excuses. I need to just go get my bike and go ride. There you go. So. Even, you know, all the research says that even 15 or 20 minutes at, at a, you know, just a normal pace will, will change your change you physically versus doing nothing. Exactly. Exactly. So but that really made me stop and look. And, you know, again, it goes back to choosing to win. Right. Which and so kind of talk to us a little bit about how you incorporate that will of life in your book and choose to win. So what we say is we start the book this way. Um, you got to start with why. Why, you know, why do you do what you do? What, what is your purpose? What's your goal? What is the thing that excites and motivates you? And the reason you start there is because the reason you're going to do something is it gets you closer to your why. If you don't have a why, a goal, or an aspiration, or an objective, uh, then when the obstacle comes, you're likely to give up. So let's look at the physical, you know, why do I want to get in good physical shape? Well, if I get in good physical shape, then maybe I spend more time with my family. I can play with my kids and grandkids. You know, I'll look better in my clothes. I'll have more confidence when I go and speak. Well, why do you want all those things? Well, at the end of the day, a lot of times the big why for people is they want to leave a legacy, right? We've got people we love, our family, those we work with, and we want to impact them in such a way that they make good decisions that'll ripple through eternity. And so why am I riding the bike? You just pull a picture out of your family or your friends or your kids and, and, and you start having a picture of, and I'm doing it for more than me. I mean, me is important, but I'm doing it for this reason. So, so you start with the why. Once the why is, I have this, this saying that a tree's fruitfulness depends on its rootfulness. 
So what's the fruit that you want in your life? You know, do you want a good reputation? Do you, you know, you're talking about branding. Do you want a good brand? Mm -hmm. uh, what are the words do you that you want people to say about you behind your back? Do you want the fruit of good relationships? I know on my tree, some of the fruit's going to have dollar signs on it, right? I want some prosperity. And so when we envision the fruit that we want in our life, we then have to nourish the roots that produce the fruit. And so the wheel of life is really the seven roots, the mental, the spiritual, the physical, the family, the financial, the personal, and the career. And so if I want the fruit, then I've got to work on those roots. So that's how the wheel fits in, right? Because I want this why, and I want to enjoy life. These are the fruits that I want. And then the seven roots are what I have to nourish. And so how do I create the fruit? It's real simple. I build habits in each of the roots. So if my fruit is good relationships, then the root, there's going to be more than one. Think about it. Do you need the right mental uh, mindset and attitude to have good relationships? Yeah. Who, who wants to be around you if you're negative or hard to get along with? Do I need good spiritual qualities to have good relationships? Absolutely. I've got to have honesty and integrity. You know, you can't create, you can't have a good relationship without trust and the trust comes from integrity. So I've got to, I've got to create habits in the spiritual area in order to get that. Well, on relationships, do I need to be in good physical health? Absolutely. I mean, if you have no energy, no mental clarity, and no capacity to really carry on a relationship because your physical health is so bad, then it's going to be difficult. So you have to have good habits in the physical and in the physical route. So that's how it all flows together. So just about every root comes together to feed the tree so that you get the fruit that you want. I love that. That is so profound. And I hope that our listeners are really taking notes. I know I am because I want to make sure and I'm going to go back and uh, read all these books again because it's been a while. So um, what do you think the hardest what do you think is the hardest choice to make? I and mean, what about the easiest? Like when it comes to those roots, which one would be the hardest for you? Well, my hardest um, of all the things is discipline. Really? Yeah. And uh, for some people, it's natural. Uh, for other people like me, man, it's 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 a hard thing. Um, and so so I recognize that if given a choice, I'd rather sit on the couch all day. That's right. But there's things that I value more than that. Right my legacy, my why, those are really important things. So if my tendency is to lack discipline, I've created habits that automatically give me discipline. So every morning, the first thing that I do is I do what's called the perfect start. And I go into my office, I've got my coffee, and I have a quiet time with two chairs. Uh, I read some inspirational material. I read uh, the Bible. And then I start planning my day. What is it that I want to accomplish? I do so, so several different things. I plan my goals out. I work on my top project. And I do that before the rest of the world wakes up. 
And so this is a habit that I've intentionally created that, that builds discipline. Now, I didn't start doing this two or three hours a day. I started doing it 10 minutes, right? Because it's hard just to start, you know, three hours. That's a big ask. Yes. So for me, that's what I do. And, and I learned this. The number one habit or choice that I learned from my father was in the mental spoke of the wheel, which is input. When we choose the right input, what we listen to, what we read, who we associate with, when we choose that right input, it impacts everything else we do. Absolutely. Because our input influences our thinking, our thinking influences our beliefs, our beliefs and our thinking influences the action that we take, and the right action changes the results. And so my discipline is first thing in the morning, I start with the right input. That is so amazing. And I will tell you that I'm, I'm kind of getting chills here because I call it my miracle morning. I, I read mm -hmm. the Hal, Hal Elrod miracle morning and my uh, morning routine is very similar to yours. So. Yep. I just listened to his book on audible about a month ago. So I was late to the game. Uh, everybody else had, had said, Hey, have you read that book yet? And, no, I hadn't read it, but I listened to a great book. Yeah, it is a great book. Did you listen to The Miracle Morning or The Miracle Equation? I believe it was The Miracle Morning. Okay, the first one. It's yeah. really good, yeah. I I encourage people to start with that all the time, especially when they are asking, you know, what, what did you do to become successful? Because I, I like you, know that what you put in your mind is so important. And um, you, we don't want any of that stinking thinking, right? Right. In fact, I'm, I'm looking at my Audible account right now to see which book it was. Uh, Miracle Morning. Yep. OK, good. I'm glad you've read that. That was really good. Um, so you kind of touched on this a little bit. You called it an accountability partnership. But let's talk about mentorship. So how does mentorship play into these choices? Um, and when you're making choices, is it helpful to approach these choices with the support of others or to make them with intention on your own? You really have to do both. Um, and I'll just talk a little bit about that. So the first thing we, you know, kind of a backstory, the original title for Choose to Win was called Live to Win. Oh. And I love that title. And I talked about it for two years while we were working on the book and so we sent the book off and we sent everything to him and the publisher goes, you know, that that live to win title, it's a good title, but we're not getting great feedback. But there is a title we love, which is called Choose to Win. So it went from live to win to choose to win. Well, at first I was like, oh, man, I love I love the title live to win. I, I You know, I want to. But then I realized, wait a second. It's really a choice. So everything that we do starts with a choice. And by the way, that a good habit is simply a good choice made over and over again. Oh, I like and that. so first we've got to choose. So the, the first thing of ownership in this, whatever it is we want to accomplish, we have to choose to accomplish it. Now, goal achievers, people who actually follow through and accomplish what it is they set out to, one of the components that they all have is they have usually an accountability partner. Like me and my book, I got my agent is my accountability partner. 
And so when you look at the seven areas of life that we talked about on the wheel, the mental, the spiritual, the physical, the family, the financial, the personal, and the career, it is a great strategy to choose a mentor or an accountability partner for each one of those areas, or maybe somebody can cover three or four. You don't have to have one person who covers all seven. So for example, in the, in the spiritual area, you know, you could have a pastor or a friend or somebody who you're connected with in that area. On the career spoke of the wheel, uh, it could be somebody in your field or in your industry who you really look up to and you want, you're aspiring to, you know, move up into the leadership area like they have. And so you might have a person in that area. The, the This is the thing that I would say about mentors. Um, Picking a good mentor is very important, but being a good mentee is even more important. And this is where people mess up. They'll go to somebody and say, hey, can you mentor me? And so they have that first meeting and then they try to get the second meeting or the third meeting or the, and it never happens. Mm -hmm. And the reason it doesn't happen is because the mentor they love doing it, but only if who they're mentoring takes action. Absolutely. So here's what I recommend. If you want to be or to find a great mentor, you find that person. You approach them and say, could we sit down for 15 minutes? I'd really like to talk to you. You let them know you're looking for a mentor. And... You just ask them a question and you say, this is what I want to accomplish. That's why I'm coming to you. What would you recommend that I do to get started? And then you take copious notes. And then you say, would it be okay if I follow up in two or three weeks to give you feedback on what I've done? Then you set up the follow-up appointment. And then when you go in to see them, you give them a detailed report on the action that you took on what they recommended. Most people are blown away when somebody actually takes and does and uses their advice. And that's where most mentees mess up is they have a good conversation. And the next time they talk, the mentor says, so what did you do with the information I gave you? Well, I've been thinking about it. That's not good enough. If they say, hey, call so-and-so and talk to them, you should say, hey, I talked to so-and-so on this date, and this is what we covered, and this is what I'm doing next with that, right? That's what you want to do. So really, there's a lot of good mentors out there, but what they're looking for is a good mentee. And so if you want to go to the next level, be the best mentee you can and really the sky's the limit because when somebody finds somebody who's passionate about the same things, they love to spend time with them and invest in them. You know, that's so funny that you bring that up because I think I'm guilty of doing that to a degree, but more so with my coach, I'd, you know, I was having a little issue and I came to her and I was, she was giving me advice and telling me how to navigate through the situation. I'm like, but, 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 and she's like, I'm not going to help you if you're going to just keep making excuses and tell me why you're right. You obviously think there's a problem here. You wouldn't have come to me with it, right? And I was like, okay. So I had to listen and I had to, you know, accept that guidance that I asked for, right? Right. Absolutely. Um, you're not going to believe this. We have been chatting for almost 30 minutes already. Wow. 
Yeah, I know. They just gave me the sign. I went, are you kidding me? You know, but I do want to ask, I've got a couple more questions that I want to ask you. And I'm hoping that maybe you'll agree to come back on the show at some time because I have so many questions I didn't get to ask you. So you bet. Next time I'll come into the studio. How about that? That would be awesome. Next week. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to know, I mean, because you are the brainchild, quite literally, of one of the most incredible thought leaders of our time. What habits or practices did you learn from him that you'd like to pass on to your children or your grandchildren and to others? Well, I already, I already talked about one, which is you choose your input. That's a good one. And that was the number one lesson I learned from dad. Uh, number two was the way you start your day. So for, I remember when I first started at the company, I called up dad and I said, Hey dad, it's seven 30. I'm already at the office. Right. I was 25 and I was like letting him know that I was at work 30 minutes early. And he said, that's fantastic. I've already gotten three hours in on my book that he was writing. Right. Oh, wow. So I learned from him, this was a habit that I caught more than he taught. Right. Oh, and then the third, the third one, and this is the big one, and this is, or they're all big, but I love this one. His dad learned something new every day, and then he would internalize and simplify it for the sole purpose of benefiting someone else. And so everybody listening, and this is what I want to leave to my daughter, who's going to be 25 this month, is if you can make it a practice of learning something new, internalize and simplify it and then share it with somebody else for their benefit. It'll change your life because in the process of helping someone else, you've helped yourself. I love that. Have you read the book, the go giver? Yes. By Bob Bird. Yes. Such yeah, a, that's what that reminds me of. I mean, I love that. And it's all about giving. You just give. And I tell my team all the time, I run a sales team as well. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, you build the relationship first, give value to your candidates. The money will follow. It can't help but follow. You build those That's relationships right. first. So, okay. I want to ask you, I was going to ask you three VIP questions. These are the ones we ask all our thought leaders at the end of the show, but you've already answered one of them. So, but I'll tell you what it was. But the first one I want to ask you, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you bring with you? Oh, wow. So how come you don't ask easy questions here? <laughs> That's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I would probably, uh, so can I cheat? You know, I would bring an internet connection. Oh, it's the first time I've got that so one. I yeah, so that way I can get Audible and I can get all the content, all the material. I've got uh, Bible Gateway on my internet, you know, so I've got, the so I'm cheating here. So if I had to take one thing, it'd probably be the Bible as far as just wisdom and knowledge. That's where I get my energy. Uh, I'd take my wife and my daughter with me because it wouldn't be any fun without them. But they would have to agree to go. So I'm not okay. sure if they would agree. I'm not sure if they would agree. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I love to see people's thought processes because different people take it different ways. And I just love to see what you come up with when I ask that question. Because like some people are like, I'm taking water and air. And I'm like, well, that's not really where I intended for that question to go. But okay, smart, smart. I, I get a lot of one-way tickets back too. 
Okay. So um, my second question that I normally ask is what is one thing you do to set your day up for success? But I think you've pretty much shared that with us already. So I love that. Um, My final question for you, if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Hmm. Probably... uh, He transformed his life one simple choice at a time. Ugh, I like that so much. And you can too. And you can too. How about that? I love it. I want to go home and just do something new now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, (laughs) absolutely. So, Tom, if you don't mind, we're about to say goodbye, but I want you to just hang on the line for just a few minutes while we do our outro, if you don't mind. And then um, one final thing that I'd like to say to you. You are a VIP. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com. Good. Okay. Oh my gosh. That is the most nervous I've ever been during an interview. (laughs) I am usually so much better at this. I promise. Next time I won't be as starstruck, but I really would love for you to come back on because there was so, we hadn't even got to the meaty questions yet. So 